Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. This is a professional football team. Can he be who we think he is now that he's gotten his money? Which one of the rookie quarterbacks is going to step up and play big? Buckle in, folks. This is going to be a wild ride with Jalen Green. And he's already pissed off everybody in Detroit. Twitter got this man cut a week or two early. Both sides have handled this poorly. When you haven't said a word for the first two weeks of camp, you have to understand anything you say is going to now become a big soundbite. Sean does not do a great job of making decisions, dude. Go play ball. Whoever they send to coach you, go play football. That's your job. This is not a coincidence, guys. Everybody need to face this and understand this. So when you have an opportunity to make the money, you have to make the money. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You ladies and gentlemen, start our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. We have a fun episode for you, and we are glad that you are here, whether it's your first time or if you are a repeat. We certainly appreciate the love and support, and we hope you keep coming back. And if you are new and you're just joining us for the first time, there are ways to be more interactive with what we do here. And one of those ways is by going to wadeswordproductions.com. That's wadeswordproductions.com. And check out past episodes, learn a little bit about us. I haven't updated the website in a little bit. I'm, I have some technical weaknesses that I have to work through uh, to make those changes. But those uh, updates will be coming soon. But it's wadeswordproductions.com. And, uh, again, there you can see all the things we have going on. See a little bit about some of the people you hear on the show and hear on past episodes and of course all the past episodes are right there so you definitely want to check that out also you can call us 24 hours a day and leave a message on our sports line 832-941-6614 that's 832-941-6614 and it's important because I want your predictions. I'm going to air some of those predictions. Give me your Super Bowl champs. Give me your Super Bowl representatives. If you want to pick SWAC, please give me your SWAC West and East Division champs. Give me whatever predictions you have for the upcoming football season because guess what? It's football season. And I have some comments about that. And we will concentrate a lot on on football this episode with a couple of former Houston Oilers, a couple of former NFL guys, friends of the show. You know them. Eddie Robinson, uh, E-Rob 50, our European sports nerd. He will be in the building, the figurative building, as it were. And, of course, uh, Bubba McDowell, former safety for the Houston Oilers, the U national champion, and now he's beginning his 10th season at Prairie View A&M as an assistant coach over the defensive backs. He's the assistant head coach. That's my guy, and uh, he'll give us some insight on what's going on at Prairie View and some insight into uh, his thoughts on the Labor Day Classic. 
lot going on with the Labor Day Classic. And uh, I'll be on the call with Larry the Chatterbox Hill and Kevin Allen. We'll bring you all of the action. And for the first time in a long time, I will be traveling with the Tigers. So I'll be immersed in swag football. So that is going to be a whole lot of fun. And, of course, we're going to still do our NFL features. On the next episode, we're going to do an NFL sort of preview, get some predictions from a lot of different folks, and get you excited about the football. It's, it's my time of year. It's football season. I'm excited about that. But this episode, in addition to those two guys, going to get into some headlines, hear from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. No Lamont Award this time, but some great conversation. All that and maybe a little bit more. With that, let's get into some headlines. And headlines, where do I begin? First and foremost, let me say this. I am cleaning up all of my fandom of other sports that I've enjoyed over the summer. No more Olympics, although the Paralympics are taking place in Tokyo, and they're definitely worth checking out. And baseball will still be on the burner, big time. And I'll talk a little bit about baseball and the Astros. But stuff like cycling, F1, soccer, all of that stuff will kind of fade away. <laughs> Anything that Eddie likes, it'll be fading into the background as we focus on uh, football. Primarily for me, college football but more specifically, SWAC football and, of course, the NFL. We have our fantasy leagues that are going up. We have the pick em. If you want to pick against us every week, you can. There's a lot of us. There are former NFL guys. There are media guys. There are a lot of guys that think they know what's going to happen each and every Sunday. But if you want to be a part of that, and I didn't mention this in the open, you can reach out to me on social media, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group, and fan page. Also on Twitter at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. Those are the ways to reach out and be interactive with me. And then if you reach out to me, I will make sure you have the information. We may have three spots open for fantasy. Two Maybe three spots open for fantasy, but pick them is wide open. We can get hundreds in for pick them. So if you want to pick, and we're not picking against the spread, and it's not a confidence uh, pool either. It's just who can pick the winners and losers each and every week. And Haywood Jeffries, former NFL wide receiver, he won last season. And I had to leave for a lot of last season, and I kind of – Kind of choked it away down the stretch. But we won't talk about last year. Let's talk about this year. A lot of stuff coming up. Football season, college football season, is already underway. And I do want to comment on the MEAC SWAC challenge. That happened last night. I am extremely disappointed. I am extremely disappointed that the SWAC did not represent again in these battles between the SWAC and the MEAC. Now, A&T had been running things, and they've left the MEAC, and we've absorbed a couple teams from the MEAC, but you still have North Carolina Central and a number of other quality football teams. Well, with all of the hype, ESPN game day, college game day, everybody there supporting HBCU football, supporting the MEAC Swag Challenge, it, it was a, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day for HBCU football. Bad day for the swag. The Braves are all corn state. I mean, you gotta, you gotta win that game. You were favored by 15 and a half. You have to win that game. Now, here's why this is a sort of a mixed thing for for me 
as I am calling Texas Southern football. Well, you think of the Braves, uh, they've consistently represented the Western Division of the SWAC in the championship game, or the Eastern Division, rather. Let me, let me correct myself. They've consistently represented the Eastern Division of the SWAC. They come over now to the Western side of things, and you think, boy, but the road just got that much tougher for the Texas Southern Tigers because you had UAPB, Pine Bluff, represented in the spring. And then you still have Southern. You still have Grambling. You still have Prairie View. It's just a tough, tough side of uh, the the divisions in the conference. And now you add the Braves. Braves didn't look so good. Did not get it done. Could not get it done. It was uh, not good. And I am, I'm swag through and through. And, yeah, of course, in the grander scheme of things, I like HBCU football, but... Not really. Like, I'm not a MEAC guy. I don't know what the CIAC do. I, I, CIAA, I don't know. I don't know a lot about those schools. I just don't. I'm SWAC. And the tradition is there. Jerry Rice from the SWAC, Walter Payton, Steve McNair, Doug Williams, uh, Robert Brazil, so many guys. Just so Charlie Joyner. I mean, just this is off the top of my head. Eddie Robinson, the coach, Eddie Robinson. Uh, I mean, so many legends came out of the SWAC. So I'm SWAC through and through. So it bothers me a whole lot when the SWAC cannot beat the MEAC. Because this is how I've always said it. Uh, you know, and this really is kind of reversed. I always say, well, you know, the emphasis on, on the East Coast and the MEAC and all of that stuff, they are much more into the basketball side of things. And you think about some of those teams that you had at at Morgan State and some of the stuff that they do and they have success. Hampton and all those schools have had traditionally had success in basketball. And I said, okay, well, they're the basketball conference. We, there's no one that plays HBCU football like SWAC except the Celebration Bowl and the MEAC SWAC Challenge. It has been the MEAC dominating those matchups. So I am very disappointed about the outcome of last night's game. But it does bode well for Texas Southern. So I'm feeling good about that. So we don't have to worry. I, I don't, I'm not as afraid of the Braves of Alcorn State. Although, you know, Fred McNair, uh, he'll have his team rounding into shape. And one performance does not a season make. So they'll get back into it. Also, preseason football is concluding tonight with Cleveland and Atlanta. And the Texans wrapped up their preseason. Uh, still turning over offenses are not first team offenses although i think they did have one last night but 10 turnovers for preseason in uh, three games so pretty good of lovey smith's defense don't think that that's indicative of anything you'll see come the regular season but it still gives you a little bit of optimism from it's fun to think about if you are a texans fan uh, still no deshaun watson will not be any deshaun watson don't know what they're going to do. I keep hearing these rumors. Oh, Miami's going to trade for him. Why in the hell would someone trade for Deshaun Watson with 22 civil cases and you have no idea what the commission is going to do as it pertains to putting him on the exempt list or if he loses any of the 22 lawsuits? And there's a pending possible criminal investigation. With all that in the backdrop, you're going to make a trade. So these rumors, I don't believe those rumors at all. It would just be ridiculous for any team to do that, not because of his talent, but because you just don't know 
when he'll be back on the football field. So that's going on. Other than that, the biggest thing, I mean, there are a number of things that have happened. Uh, Ryan Tannehill and the number of Titans on the COVID uh, list. Uh, New Orleans, they'll have to relocate. And we don't know about the disruptions that Hurricane Ida will have on the sports landscape. When you think about New Orleans moving to Dallas to practice, and then you have a situation where LSU is here in Houston working out. I don't know where Southern is or what they're doing or how that will impact. I mean, there are a number of other schools, Nichols State. There are a bunch of schools in the pathway, not to mention that the storm is headed towards Jackson. This is going to be a disruptive thing, and it's really, really unfortunate. And I'm just praying for the folks of Louisiana and New Orleans. Just, man, this what, 16 years to the day of Hurricane Katrina. And if you've never lived through a hurricane, that is not something you want to be a part of. You don't want to go on that thrill ride. It's not a lot of fun at all, especially in your own home. Because here's the thing about hurricanes. When they start, they just don't stop. I mean, there are hours, literally hours and hours of just wind, just high-powered wind just sweeping through the landscape. And you hear things breaking and cracking. And it's, it happens, and there's no one that can help you. In the middle of all that, nobody's coming for you. So you're on your own, and I'm telling you, the winds just don't stop for hours. It's a horrible, horrible thing. You want to talk about feeling isolated. I've been through three major ones. When you talk about Alicia in 83, and then you talk about Ike. Ike was was rough. Ike was really, really rough. And then the last one was Harvey here. And that was different. That wasn't a wind Thing like that that was just the rains just came for days for days and you were on all of these little islands where people couldn't get out of the neighborhoods and a lot of flooding and uh i even did a podcast about that years ago whenever that happened so again you can go to Wayswork productions to hear about that so we'll have to see the effects of ida and uh, again september 9th is the kickoff of the nfl season so we have time for that major league baseball astros rolling now up six games although they lost today but here's the big news and i won't delve into it too much but carlos Correa said oh yeah this will be my last season with the astros clearly the astros don't or will not spend the money it'll take to keep carlos Correa. That's a story to watch, and that is heartbreaking. You talk about the guy that's the heart and soul of the Astros. That's the guy. That is the guy. But in other good news for the Astros, they have their 100% healthiest uh, starting lineup out on the field now. For the, They've only played like, I think, I forget the number, but 13 games together, and now they're back with everybody, Guriel and Altuve Correa, and Jordan Alvarez, and now Bregman is back. You know, so everybody is back. Everybody's getting healthy. Still need Urquidy, the pitcher, to get well, 
And uh, we'll be ready. Not we, but they will be ready. We in Houston will be ready for the Yankees or the White Sox or whoever you want to send. Shouts out to my man Mark Gray. Did a, uh, a debate with him on Debatables on a website dedicated to black baseball players. I'm talking about MLBBro.com, and you can check that out. And it was a lot of fun uh, sort of representing and defending the Houston Astros. The other thing I wanted to mention, and this was almost a Lamont Award, Shikari Richardson. She goes, you know, obviously her troubles with the herb prevented her from going to the Olympics. And she took responsibility. She she handled that great. What she hadn't handled great is practice or working out because she got walked, walked versus those Jamaican ladies in the Prefontaine Classic. And I don't take any great joy in seeing her not succeed. It's not something that makes me happy at all. I want her to succeed. But I will tell you this, the American public and sponsors and everybody else, they can take adversity and they can take you coming back from adversity. What they can't take is coming back from adversity and losing. And not that you lost in fourth place. Not that you lost in fifth place. You lost in ninth place. So, again, I'm and then just not a really – not a good post-race uh, uh, press interaction. Not a press interview. Not good stuff. Not good stuff. People need to get in there and work with her and get her on the right page and get her running in the right direction, literally and figuratively. So that is going on. Manny Pacquiao got beat down. <laughs> Not beat down, but he he you just he had one of those losses that is indicative of the end of his legendary boxing career let's hope so so that is uh what i'm gonna touch on this time out also bubba watson came in third i watched nascar all summer long thinking that this guy may have a chance at the playoffs not even close but he did come close in the race of attrition last night the coca-cola something the coke 400 in daytona they were like 25 races. it was a wild wild night of racing but bubba Made it through all of these wrecks. I mean, like 10 wrecks he navigated his way through throughout the course of the night and finished in third, but he didn't make the playoffs. So, again, now NASCAR can fade way, way to the back. And honestly, I've only been watching to root for Michael Jordan's team and Bubba Wallace. But Bubba got to step his game up. The team has to get that thing together. So that's happening. So all of that and uh, a lot more, but that's just what we're getting into. Going to take time out, come back on the other side. Let's hear from our guy, Eddie Robinson, and we have a lot to get into, and I hope you enjoy that conversation. First, a word from uh, our sponsor, Brighter Brains, and more to come on this edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. For past episodes or more content, go to wadeswordproductions.com. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages 6 weeks to 5 years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. 
It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Eddie Robinson, back aboard the podcast. Man, I have to tell you this, Eddie. You know, it's been a bittersweet time but because I've been saying goodbye to all my European sports. We were supposed to talk a little bit earlier, but I was watching a red card being issued in an EPL game. As I, I say goodbye to the English Premier League, I say goodbye to F1. It's football season, baby. It's time to get real. How you feeling, man? What a great time of year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always time, you know, in that August and early September, uh, you know, that cut of the grass, is, it's, it's been hot for way too long. So now you're, you're waiting for it to cool off. You're like, man, is this summer ever going to end? And and then all of a sudden you, you see preseason games you're like, whoa, man, there, there they go. And so, uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely an exciting time of year. And because, you know, everybody thinks that they have the team, you know, the college teams think they're going to make it to the playoffs. And of course, all of the NFL teams with the new first-round picks, and I think that's the biggest thing, especially if you're a fantasy football guy. You're trying to see, okay, can I can I steal one of these running backs that, that nobody thought was going to be the starter and those type of things. So it's a lot going on, my man. Yeah, and I, I want to get into, I, and we won't this episode, but I want to get into some wifey side piece, crazy X, as I give you a couple choices. That's down the road. But, Uh-oh. man, your team has chosen the New Orleans Saints. I say your team. You're an oiler, though, man. You're a tight oiler. Hey, man, I'm, hey I'm, I'm a season ticket holder, officially going back to 1983, if you, if you look at my, my record. So, man, hey, man that's, that's a big thing. You saw some bad football. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I wasn't watching a whole lot. Actually, it was it was a good friend of the family who had the tickets, and then she transferred it to me. And so, but yeah, man, um, I, I mean, I've, I've been a lifelong Saints fan. It, it's been hard, but it's been good over the last ten whatever decades since Drew Brees has been there and Sean Payton. And so, but yeah, man, I, I think going with Jameis, I think you have to give the kid a chance, man. He's been around, took his bumps, and. I think he's a competitor, and uh, I mean, I, really, all he has to do is cut down on the interceptions. I think he gives us a definite, you know, an, another uh, part of the weaponry of as far as going deep with the deep ball, and that's something that Drew Brees had early on in his career. And although he was highly effective, it was definitely something that he was missing towards the end. Well, you know, Jameis looked good, too. A couple deep balls, like you talked about, for touchdowns, He hooking up with Anua receiver number one. And, boy, yep. that it looks like they have a little chemistry. But, again, what can you really tell as we go through just three preseason games? Of course, this 17-game schedule, how does that change the dynamic in your opinion? Well, I, I mean, I think it hurts the young guys. Especially, you know, the Saints game, uh, they had the last game canceled with the Cardinals with the hurricane coming. So, it's unfortunate for the young guys because that fourth preseason game is usually, you know, you have that guy or two that's on the bubble and, and they can play hard and make a play and maybe make the team or make the practice squad. So I think it's it's kind of tough on the younger guys, but I mean, maybe the practice squad's a little bit bigger with the COVID, you know, stuff going on. So, I mean, for the players, you know, I'm thinking if I had to play 17 games instead of 16, yeah, you know, early on, I don't think it would make that big of a difference to be honest with you what about um, late in your career i mean well yeah i mean later in the career you know each one of those weeks but i mean you stay in such good shape and the guys do such a good job of working out year round that you know you really didn't need all those preseason games to get ready because you were never really out of shape you know and so uh, once you got to that part with the otas and everything being mandatory you know you can 
you can think the Denver Broncos, they were the ones that really started that, hey, we're going to have OTAs and mandatory mini camps and all this stuff in June. And, and once they did it and the whole rest of the league started doing it, I mean, early on in my career, I mean, I wouldn't see Ray Childress or Sean Jones or any of those guys in the offseason. It'd just be, you know, me and, and Joe Bowden and Marcus Robertson, Blaine Bishop. The young guys would be there. But when the season, when we started working out in, you know, January, February, March, the veteran guys, they were gone. And they would come back um, not until after the draft. That would be the first time you would see them. And not that they weren't staying in shape, but it, it wasn't mandatory where you were at the facility like he is now. And then they – then they started paying guys to work out, and now it's just, hey, you better be here. You know what I'm saying? So it's just what it is. Now it's the expectation. Let me ask you about the impact of each game. And, and again, you kind of are an exceptional player in that, in that you were really in super great shape all the time. Not that, And, again, most guys are, but how grueling is one individual game on your body? And you're a linebacker, so you, you're right in the middle of everything. Yeah, I mean, it It can – I mean, I've seen you – know, that's the one thing I always loved Eddie George as a teammate because, you know, week after week, I mean, this guy would, would carry it 20, 25 times a game and, you know, would have 110 yards the hard way, you know, averaging three yards a carry. <laughs> and he would, he would still get that 100 and a couple touchdowns. And then, you know, you see a guy that's uh, just kind of like a, a, a crash dummy on Monday. And, I mean, it's been pre- plenty of games – where I went to bed Sunday night thinking, man, there's no way I'm going to pay to play next week. This is just not going to happen. And then on Monday, you, you kind of shake it out. You do a little jog and you don't feel that good. And then Tuesday, you, you, you start to feel a little better. Then Wednesday, you maybe have to practice kind of going slow. And then by Thursday and Friday, miraculously, you, you kind of back into it. And, and by Sunday, you're full speed again. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a week-to-week thing, and it takes that sometimes that whole week to really recover um, just to get back out there and do it all over again. <laughs> what uh, what week of the season did you really start to feel the impact? I mean, 5, 6, 10? What, what, when, when did you really feel like, boy, this is this is a grind? Well, it, it you know, it, it kind of depends on the record. You know what I'm saying? that <laughs> The year we went 2-14 and 14 after we traded Warren Moon, it was probably about week 8 where you're like, man, this thing here. You know, we won in seven. Oh, man, how many more weeks we got? You know, you start, right. you start, and everything hurts a little bit more when you're, when you're not winning. But when you're winning and, you know, really the first eight weeks, you just you just want to get through September and October, you know, we're no worse than five and three. Hopefully you're six and two. It's just, man, it's, it's a blessing if you're seven and one. But if you can get through September and October, five and three, no worse than four and four, I mean, that means you're right in there. And then, but once November comes and you start, I mean, you're not really talking playoffs. Hopefully you are, but you're kind of looking at who's doing what. You know who the good teams are, who the bad teams are. You start counting wins and the tough games and stuff like that. And say once December, I mean, it's pretty much playoff football. So then, you know, although your body is hurting more, the excitement is there. So every game is a big game. You know, it's, it's like it's going to determine the division. It's going to determine if you make the playoffs. It's going to determine if you get a bye week. And so – at that point, I mean, you're so focused on the ultimate prize of getting to the Super Bowl and winning is that you just kind of power on through it. Like December, probably from Thanksgiving to the end of the year, just goes really quick. Like once you get to Thanksgiving, the, the season's over with. That's, that's how I always, I always broke it up. I mean, the first eight weeks, you kind of you kind of get into it and you're going to feel good, feel bad. But then, you know, that the, the probably game nine through 12 is kind of the, the tough ones. And then the last four just kind of breeze on by. 
Right. I do want to pause on sports for just a second. Of course, your hometown is uh, is, looks like it's under a lot of pressure with a new storm coming. Um, How your family, how your friends, what what's what's it like in New Orleans? I know you're here in Houston, but what is it like uh, from what you're hearing in the city of New Orleans at this point? Yeah, man, I had to wash the sheets and towels, you know, because I, you know, I, I turned into a hotel every time uh, something something bad happens in New Orleans, you know. And I was living in Atlanta during Katrina, and of course, I, I turned into a real hotel there. And that was just super unfortunate, and family had to stay for quite some time. But you know, I think that whole, you know, New Orleans, Houston, is either you evacuate in one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. it just depends on which way the storm goes. But you know, hopefully, it, it won't be a dangerous storm, and, and everything will move fast, and, and everybody will be safe. But you know, man, I tell you, I, I was just talking to a buddy of mine. I was on one of my bike rides today, and. And we were like, man, you know, with COVID and Afghanistan and the fires in California, it's like, man, a good old hurricane doesn't even seem that bad right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like before, Unless you're the in the past. It's like, oh, man, there's a hurricane in the Gulf. Now you're like, ah, okay, if that's all it is, we're okay. It's kind of like the, the sign of the times, man. It's just a whole lot going on in the world. Yeah, it is. So your family, are they coming this way? Are they going to wait? What are they going to do? Yeah, I think everybody's pretty safe. You know, my dad, he has the big generator after Katrina and, you know, my mom's house sits off the ground. So I think everybody's kind of kind of holding tight. It wasn't a, a mandatory evacuation. And then if you if you don't hit that I-10 West just uh, just right, then you'll be stuck in Jennings uh, somewhere, you know, halfway between here and there about to run out of gas. So you got to you don't get out early. You're better off staying where you are. And that's the biggest thing is to you know, get all the provisions, get a full tank of gas and, you know, get the water in case that goes off. So, I mean, uh, one thing about New Orleans folks, you know, similar to Houston, they've been dealing with hurricanes for a long time, so they know how to prepare. Well, a couple of other things, and, and we'll be praying for the folks in New Orleans and, and all of Louisiana because, man, uh, they – well, it'll be 16 years to the day uh, that Katrina hit uh, when this next storm uh, – what is it, Ida? Ida will hit. So, yeah, yeah, tough, tough, tough stuff for the state of Louisiana. But, again, you, you the bright side is you got a quarterback. What are you going to do with Michael Thomas in New Orleans? What What, what is he doing? First of all, he, yeah, he waits that's, right that's, before the that's season. That's a good question, and, and and I hope his best football isn't behind him because you know the guy was a super hard worker, and, and I think you know and the guy that gives that type of effort, who plays hard, works hard, and, and really put his body on the line. You know, I think that injury is just a setback. I don't think that's going to be a a determining factor in his career. You know, he, he's such a hard worker that I feel like he'll come back from it. You know, hopefully, just the the team chemistry isn't such uh you know where him and sean payton and the saints can't make it all work out together so um, i I, you really just haven't heard a whole lot about it and i think the team just has to keep moving forward and and trying to win games you have to coach the guys that are healthy but i mean he he definitely makes the team better especially if you you look at a guy like Jameis who can throw the deep ball all the things that michael thomas can do in the underneath route is just a perfect compliment to having other guys who can run deep too so I mean, he's he's been. I mean, the guy caught over a hundred something catches in a year. So I mean, he's, I mean, he's definitely a big time receiver. And and you want to have guys like that that's on your roster. You want them on the field producing. What about this team here in Houston? David Cully and uh, Lovey Smith, the defensive coordinator, has a team flying around the football. I think they would have six, six or seven takeaways and and uh, through a couple of games in the preseason. And again, it's preseason, so you don't put too much stock in it. But what's your take on? On that, and then what do you think should uh, what should they do with 
Deshaun, obviously he's not going to play. Do you how, you just make him inactive? What? How do you handle that? Yeah, I think you just make him inactive. I, I think, you know, um, you, you just go ahead and play football. I, I think at some point the season's going to start and the, and the conversation with Deshaun is just going to be a conversation. And you, you have to – if you're the coach – you're going to coach the guys that are playing. Like, you know, you have a, hey, Sean, you okay? Well, good, man. I got I got 53 guys who are trying to win this week. And so I don't think the, you know, the coach can really worry about it, Deshaun. That's something that the front office has to worry about. And you just go ahead and coach the guys that you have on the roster and, and try to win as many games as you can and try to be successful. Well, I talked about this team having a bunch of veterans on one-year deals. I mean, you look at that that backfield with Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, Mark Ingram. You know, you have a veteran backfield. You have some other veterans around. I mean, not a young football team, and you have Tyrod Taylor at the helm. Uh, do you think this game, this team, can win four or five games, six, seven games? What What are you seeing with the Texans? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, to me, it starts with defense, and if the defense can can be that support unit to keep creating those turnovers like they're doing in the preseason, and it, it always gives you a chance to win. But, I mean, let's I mean, let's be honest. You have your franchise quarterback who's in limbo. You have a first-year coach who hasn't coached before. And so, you know, you traded some players away. So, I mean, you know, J.J. Watt is gone. And so it's definitely a team that's in transition. To me, yeah, if you win three or four games, you're hoping to get a, a top five pick. I mean, just just being realistic, and you're hoping that you can trade Deshaun Watson and parlay that with a top five pick, and then and depending on what Taylor does, you, you draft another quarterback or you maybe trade for a quarterback or a couple quarterbacks floating around in the league. Just depends on you know how you want to go with that first pick. So they're definitely in transition. Nobody's expecting this to be a a playoff caliber team this year. But you're hoping that it can be competitive, but but you're really trying to get the, the highest draft pick as you can. So and I think that's what the fans need to understand. You know, let's let's be realistic of where we are. We've won the division quite quite a few many years. We, you know, we've made the playoffs. We're trying to reposition this team to make another run at it so we can actually, you know, get to that ultimate goal of winning the Super Bowl in the city of Houston. Yeah, when you talk about uh, a couple of questions around the NFL, obviously for us here locally in Houston, yeah, we we have some question marks, but there are a lot of huge questions around the NFL. Dak Prescott's health. Can Brady and Tampa Bay do it again? Will they be even better with everybody returning? What's going to happen with Jameis Winston? I mean, which uh, what's going to happen in New England with Mac Jones or, or Cam Newton? What are some of the questions that you're looking forward to having answered around the NFL? Because there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of exciting uh, uh, things that have transpired in the offseason. I think in the NFC, I think it's definitely the NFC South is, is where everything starts at because, I mean, first of all, you have the defending champs there. You have Brady in Tampa Bay with, with the returning roster. So you're thinking, okay, wow, did they, you know, did they peak a year early or, or can they get better? And and if they're better, then how much better than can, than they can be. And and one thing about Brady, he's super consistent. I mean, you, you can say what you want about how he wins and you know, he gets a lot of help from the, from the teammates, but yeah, he's, he's the guy that he's, he won't lose you the game and, and give an opportunity. He'll definitely win the game for you. And then, I think if you look at the division champion, it's the Saints. And and you look at them with Drew Brees gone, but a super talented Jameis Winston. So how good can Jameis be? If you if he has the same consistency of Drew Brees and you add the deep ball into it with the same defense, then it's like, wow, that's that's two really good teams in that division. And I and I think it'll be interesting to see how those teams kind of stack up. And then you have, of course, with Green Bay. 
can they get the whole you know quarterback situation back to we love you again and you know if we win we're all friends so it's like yeah it's it's a it's a lot of questions one thing you know about the NFL winning solves everything so all of those questions sound really good and and we all can can finish off with a hug and oh we were just playing that's if you win you know you start off 4 and 0 or start off 3 and 1 and it was it, nobody really cares about it but hey if you some teams, if they get off to a bad start, you can just tell it can implode really <laughs> fast, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And we'll have uh, more NFL talk coming up. But I do want to ask you about some some SWAC football. The the MEAC SWAC challenge is later today. You have Alcorn State versus uh, North Carolina Central. Man, how exciting of a time is it for SWAC fans and for uh, uh, for HBCU football? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, everybody I've talked to in the SWAC conference from, you know, Charles McClellan, the commissioner, to you know, other coaches and fans and presidents, like everybody's super excited about the direction of the SWAC conference. And, and I just love it, you know, having played in the SWAC and, you know, it being the, to me, the, the, the best HBCU conference, although the BIAC has been kind of roughing up the SWAC in, in the and the New York Swag Challenge, and also in the Celebration Bowl with North Carolina A&T winning the last couple of most of them. But I think this year is it should be a transition with, you know, Bethune, Cookman, and FAMU coming into the conference. Now it's like every week you have, like, instead of that one game in the SWAC that, hey, man, this is going to be a good game this week, now you have two or three, man, there's a couple good games. Like, which one do I watch? And I think the media coverage is at a point where, you know, if you have ESPN, ESPN2, or if you have a streaming service, if you're anywhere with technology on the planet Earth, you can pick up a SWAT game. And so as and that's huge based on when I was playing when you know you had BET with Charlie Neal and Lynn Barney covering one game a week. So it's like I think now just the, the exposure of the conference is huge from a television standpoint and just a lot of good games and, and I think HBCU football with you know Tennessee State and Eddie George also, um, because they traditionally play a couple of the SWAC schools. I think they're they're playing uh Jackson State, I know, coming up at one point. Then the whole, you know, Jackson State fam, you playing in the Orange Blossom Classic, which is just huge town in Miami. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, I mean, I can look at every week and say, hey, there's there's three SWAT games that I have to see. And I think that's just an awesome time for the SWAT. Yeah, what are you most looking forward to uh, with this SWAT season? Um, I, I think it's going to come down to, to me, the SWAT championship game. My One of my best SWAT games that I've ever been to was in 2019 when Alcorn played Southern for the SWAC championship game. And it was on the campus of Alcorn State. So, I mean, I got there a little late. I mean, it was – I mean, we parked so far on the highway and had to walk in the – I mean, if you ever yeah, been to reservation. Mississippi. Yeah. yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. so it's like – so you couldn't – we couldn't get on campus. I mean, it was – it was sold out beyond sold out. I mean, and, and the cars, were, you know, the state troopers like, hey, man, just park on the highway. You okay? <laughs> so I was like, all right. So we just, I mean, you're lining up on this two-lane highway, and there's just nothing but darkness, and all you see is the, the lights of the stadium. And, man, when we walked up, I mean, it was, you know, right before game time, but the, the crowd was already in there. The bands were in there. I mean, it was packed wall to wall, and we had to, like, just squeeze into some seats that when I was on the southern side. And just the atmosphere of the fans going back and forth. So I think that SWAC championship game being on the campus is just huge. And and so whether it's Jackson State or Alabama State's campus or if it's at Grambling or Prairie View, and whoever gets to host that game, first of all, it's an extra moneymaker game that you didn't even account for 
from a budget standpoint, you know, because you're getting the host more than likely a sold out game and you get a chance to win a championship on campus. And I think that's why championship game on campus, wherever it's going to be in the conference is just huge. And uh, I would probably try to be there regardless because I had so much fun at that Alcorn Southern game. Yeah, I tell you, that was one thing that I was really wrong about. I was not a big fan of going to the campuses. I thought that the the neutral site gave a, made sure that everybody knew that you could kind of like sort of not just the alumni for each uh, school participating, but everybody knew that, okay, for this this week, we're going to have the SWAC championship in Houston or in Birmingham or wherever they had it, where everybody would know ahead of time where they would go. But I've been wrong about that because the enthusiasm uh, has been uh, just noticeable. Everybody just really, oh, yeah. really are, yeah. is excited about the chance to play a championship game at home. Now, you know, uh, I'm uh, traveling again with Texas Southern after a few years of not traveling to every game, and I'm back okay. on the road. So Pack those bags. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to Montgomery. So, uh, you know, I need you to roll out the red car- carpet for your boy. So when I go in there, I w- want everybody to know, hey, Eddie's guy is here. So I'm expecting, like, carte blanche. I want, you know, I want the, the, the red carpet treatment, man. I need you to make that happen. It's the last game of the yeah, season. absolutely, man, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll send you to a nice soul food place right next to campus, give you – you know, some some oxtails and uh, <laughs> we'll have you sleep by halftime. Some peach cobbler. You're <laughs> like, hey, Devin, Devin. <laughs> nah, man, but it, that that game should be a lot of fun. I, I want to say it's the it's the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, um, which is the you know the last swag game for both of the schools. So hopefully, hopefully that'll be a precursor. To the SWAC championship game. Maybe Alabama a rematch. That would be awesome. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to ask you about your your sons. You have football season coming up on the high school level and on the college level. How are your sons doing through uh, fall practices, through making it through this this summertime of uh, working out and practicing with the teams? Yeah, man, it's it's, it's been awesome. And uh, yeah, it's always good to see your kids play, especially you mean, whatever sports they're playing. But when they're playing the sports that you played, then it's – it's just a super connection, and and uh, you know my youngest one, he's a he's a wide receiver, and I mean I don't know how because his dad couldn't catch, but he's he has some big old hands, and he caught us caught his first uh, varsity touchdown at St. Thomas last night. They they won by seven points, so that's a lot of fun. And my other son is at North Carolina A and T, so you know he's working to get some playing time, and so it'll be fun to to watch him um, watch him playing also. So it's 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 fun. And uh, I got a middle son that's at LSU, so he's you know he's worried about the hurricane, but probably not too much, you know, honestly. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's always it's always good, and then just watching, you know, I have so many you know different friends. A friend of mine in Pensacola that I used to play with, you know, uh, played at Alabama State with, and his son is getting recruited and, and going to college and stuff. So it's it's definitely a, a fun time of year when when everybody's getting back and you can see different kids that you knew and man i remember that kid was in the third grade now he's a freshman at so-and-so so i mean football just really and i think that's what the the thing about black college football the homecomings is is really a homecoming it's, it's so much more than a football game it just reconnects people that you haven't seen in a long time and one thing that's coming up Devin way 30 years ago 3-0 30 years ago back in 1991 alabama state hornets were 11 0 and one uh undefeated and won the SWAC championship in the Black College National Championship. So, so we're going to have a, a 30th anniversary reunion 
in Montgomery, Alabama on homecoming October 9th. So I'm I'm that, really uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, that's Barlow, right? Reggie Barlow. Yeah, Mar- Reggie Barlow was a red shirt freshman. That was that was Ricky Jones. Now Ricky Jones, Ricky Jones was was Michael Vick before Michael Vick. I'm right. gonna have to send you his highlight film. This is a guy that got drafted in the seventh round. You talk about no black college players getting drafted. He got drafted in the seventh round and play and was playing quarterback for Alabama State. He hadn't played defensive back since high school, but the Rams drafted him in the seventh round as a safety. It just wasn't the time for black college quarterbacks or black quarterbacks at all to play in the NFL other than Warren Moon and Randall Cunningham. That was the only two that we had. And this was before, you know, Steve McNair got drafted. So, I mean, he was just before his time, but I mean, man, Ricky Jones was, was the guy out of, out of that team. We probably had five guys who were in NFL camps just off of that senior team. And then you had Reggie Barlow, who was a younger guy. And I mean, so it was, I mean, the swag, that was when you just had so many guys coming out the NFL. Every every team had a guy. You know, Strahan was a junior that year. Anise Williams was drafted the year before. And and so, man, just just a just a fun time in the conference. And I'm really looking forward to the swag getting back to that level where we, we're playing great football in uh, great venues. And also a lot of guys are going on to the NFL. Yeah, the best venues we've ever had in the history of the swag. So that's that's a wonderful thing. But you talk about that uh, that team. Didn't you guys have like three – Alabama State guys on in camp for the Oilers at the time. Yeah, it was like yeah, three. I mean, it was a D uh, lineman, right? It was you, Reggie Brown, and a D lineman, right? Yep, uh, me, Reggie Brown, Manny Martin, uh, who's a safety and an offensive lineman. So, but Manny Martin, he ended up made it to to the final cut. I think the first year and then the second year, and then ended up playing in Buffalo for a couple of years, and then also in the CFL. So, uh, yeah, we had like three guys here. I was drafted in the second round and other two guys are free agents. I mean, three guys are free agents, which was a really big deal. And, uh, and Reggie Barlow got drafted a couple years later. Yeah. yeah Cause was, there were a couple a lot of fun times. So. Yeah. A lot of, uh, there was some TSU guys on that in, in, in camp too, with you guys. So a couple, I yep. do remember uh, James, James Williams was a safety out right. of Baton Rouge, right. uh, corner, cornerback safety. He was on the team with us. So, I mean, every every team had a couple swag guys. Jimmy Smith was drafted by the Cowboys that year yeah. in the second round, and of course he went on. And Jimmy Smith's a guy that I could talk about all day. He he should be a Hall of Famer. I'm, I don't know what the what the holdup is, yeah. but I mean he he was at uh, you know Jackson State, but had a really really good career with the Jaguars with Mark Brunell and and all those guys. So, but yeah, the swag is getting back to it, man. I, I think just that exposure and the visibility, and and, and kids are, are wanting to go to HBCUs now, and I think. You know, the conference is getting more competitive. The coaches are, are coaching at a high level. Of course, you have the, you know, Deion Sanders with all of the attention that he brings to it. So it's, it's, it's really awesome if you're a supporter of the SWAC where you get to see some really good football week after week and it's televised. So even if you can't make it, you can still tune in. You're right. And so, uh, and I know we're going to get your predictions next time out on NFL and Who's going to win the Swag West and the Swag East and the Swag Championship? So you start taking notes. Uh, yeah, and, and let me, give, me, let me give that some thought. I'm, I'm glad you gave me a, a one-week notice on that. And although you say the European sports season is over, we still have the Volta de España, okay, which is, is, which bi- is kind of like the Spanish version of the Tour de France. You know what I'm oh, saying? So okay. More I think they're like two <laughs> weeks into it. Primo Roglic is the guy that probably should win. He's way out in front. But – 
tune into that, man. That's still a good race, man. You can get a, just a little bit more European sports in you before you transition <laughs> yeah, full time. Yeah, you got September till September fourth, and that's the last. <laughs> oh, yeah, so the race will be over by then. It's only a week left. So perfect. I'm glad I told you. Right, yeah. right. So now I can catch up until the fourth. I'll be getting ready for the Labor Day Classic, and you know, I, I tell you what, the other thing I did not mention to you. I went back and watched the Olympic uh, cycling, and there was a point in there where they had a horrible crash <laughs> in the velodrome. Ooh, yeah. It was uh, – I, I don't know what the category was, but it was it was something where all of them were on the track at the same time. It wasn't like, you know, the teams or, or you know, you're doing individual time trials. It was like everybody was on the track at the same time. And, boy, I'll tell you, they hit – I mean, they had to repair the wood – on the vel- it was it was something, man. So yeah, that was yeah. That, hey, that the, those velodromes is it's so many different categories. They have like a Madison and they have like a six day race. So it's it's a it's the the team uh, pursuit. So it's a lot of different categories. It, it I don't, I'm I'm not gonna lie. It kind of gets me on some of those categories. I watch it a lot because of course it's just not really popular here in, in the states. But uh, that's that's one of my trips that I need to go to Europe and, and go to one of the uh, six day races where they just. It was different races that they do every day, and they collect points based on the different events. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's cool, man. You're getting that residual effect from the Olympics. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, I'm hanging on. So how can folks reach you on social media? Hey, man, I'm at erob50 on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, man, we are going to talk to you really, really soon for our NFL swag preview uh, episode. So look forward to that. All right, I start brushing up on my notes because I'm, you know, I just talked. I'm, I'm the champ in my fantasy league, so I'm, you know, defending champ. That's what I'm about to do today. I'm about to watch some some, some <laughs> Meax Swag Challenge football and do mock drafts from now until midnight. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> you didn't drift over into our league. Our draft, I'm, I'll be setting our draft here soon. So, uh, yeah, the Labor Day weekend that Sunday, I'll be doing our, the draft for our league. So, if you want to get in, you let me know. We'll save a spot I mean, for you. I'll let you know. I, I may consider it. I, I, I have to see. I mean, my, my ranking's pretty high, so I have to, you know, I'm platinum level on Yahoo, <laughs> so I need to make sure that you guys are the equivalent level before I just jump in, you know? Well, hey, we got some players, but we look forward to it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Always good. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. I want to thank Eddie as always. Looking forward to getting him in some fantasy football. See if he wants to get in the league with us in fantasy football or at least uh, some NFL picks. I want to see if he knows how much he knows about the league he played in for 11 years. See if he can pick against your boy. We'll have to see how that goes. But we always appreciate him. Still more to come. Going to take a brief time out. And on the other side, we are going to hear from Bubba McDowell. We talked about a couple Bubbas. Bubba Wallace. I said inadvertently Bubba Watson. But we're going to talk to Bubba McDowell on the other side, the assistant head coach for the Prairie View Indian Panthers, a, a defensive back coach, and a former safety for the U, a national champ with the University of Miami. Also, Houston Oilers, he's the dude and a friend of the show, our guy, my guy, Bubba McDowell on the other side. This is Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by 
using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. But it sure no fear. It ain't safe from here. But she's still gonna hold on. It ain't safe from here. But she doesn't run from fight. Guns, drugs, violence, lust, guns, drugs, Resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix. And of course, if you have music you want heard on the podcast, just email us music at wageswordproductions.com. That's music at wageswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. We hope that it's relatively radio edit. Maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be totally clean, but we want to lean on the radio edit side of things. But email us music at wageswordproductions.com. And again, the genre does not matter. Before we get into our conversation with Bubba McDowell, want to uh, mention uh, J.K. Dobbins in, uh, the, for the Baltimore Ravens. Hurt, out for the year, torn ACL. That's what the reports are. That's huge. Really, really huge for a team that's really dependent on that run game. That's only going to add a lot more pressure to Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson can't get past COVID. He can't whoop COVID. He's had COVID twice. So he certainly needs some help in the backfield. And my, Mark Ingram, another guy in that backfield, is uh, here in Houston. But they still have depth at running back for the Baltimore Ravens. So that is going on. Also, if you want to make a contribution to the show, go to LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-P-A-Y, all one word, and search for Sports Talk with Devin Wade. And you can make a contribution to help this uh, podcast continue to go and grow and get bigger and better. We need your support, your help. You can go to LaBeerPay and make that happen, and you just might get a uh, a present of appreciation for your efforts. So hit that up, and when you get an opportunity to support us. Skin Talk Conversation uh, with a guy I've been on, what, 25 years? Bubba McDowell uh, talking about Labor Day Classic, talking about Prairie View. We talk a little bit about the U, and we just talk about coaching in general. So a lot going on, and he has a lot to say. So here's our conversation with Bubba. As promised, joined by a good friend of the show. Been knowing this guy 25 years. Uh, former, just I mean, national champ in college, all pro in the NFL. Bubba McDowell, now in his 10th season at Prairie View. Can you believe it? It's been 10 years at Prairie View. You must like it up there. I love it, man. I love it. I love the swag, big dog. You know me. I love it. I want to try to get that swag ring somewhere in the swag. You know, <laughs> I already got one. 
I, I need to get that swag ring somewhere, somehow. Goes fast, man. You guys have had your chance, but it seems like this year is going to be a murderer's row as the swag expands. The Braves of Alcorn State come over to the Western Division of the swag. What are your thoughts about that swag Western Division? It only gets tougher. Man, it's getting tough, man. You know, Grambling. So I'm starting to know. Dan and I got corn over there. Oh, my God. So, you know, we, we got to play ball, man. We got to, not, not, not saying that we had been, that these guys had been playing before. You really going to have to step it up now because, dude, you lose one. That's it. You're done. I don't know, though. I think it's going to be some parody in there because think about this, too. You got Pine Bluff in the mix. So somebody's going to beat somebody each week. And then, of course, uh, coming from Texas Southern, I think they'll win their fair share of games and upset some folks easily in the conference, and they'll be competitive in every single game. So I agree, bro. I agree. I mean, dude, and I try to relate it to my guys. And I'm just, dude, you know, as you said earlier, you know, had the chances to win, you know, early in my career here, you know, but didn't, you know, didn't get that cigar. But, man, you know, like I say, you know, you bring corn in here, you know, especially with all the other, you know, you know, Grambling ain't going to be no slouch for much longer, you know. You know, Coach Fox going to get them guys going back to the old Grambling that they have uh, been in the past. So, you know, it, it's going to be very tough, very competitive, and I love it, man, because, again, it's not only making the swag look good, you know, the west side, but, I mean, again, it's the whole swag, you know, so, of course, you got all the other guys that are coming in with family cooking. Then you got Dion over there with Jackson State. So, man, it's going to be very competitive. Now, hopefully, you know, we, we can give these guys, you know, everybody, the fans, you know, a good show this year. Seems like a perfect storm to just really, just an explosion of excitement around the SWAC. You talk about the SWAC expansion, Bethune and fam, you coming. Dion uh, at Jackson State has added a lot of energy. Talk a little bit about yeah. what those couple of things have done to sort of amplify the SWAC. Well, again, you know, they're, they're, you know, Dion, again, don't, you don't need to say much about Dion. You know what he's about, you know what player wise on and off the field, you know, and him bringing that, that swag, that energy to the Jackson State, you know, again, who we know in, in the past has been a, you know, dominant school, man, and swag, you know, it just hasn't been there lately. So, you know, bringing somebody in like him, you know, getting these guys to, uh, or that's what I say, that's cool to uh, get back to his status. You know, of course, you got Willie Simmons, you know, who I uh, co-founder, you know, here, here at PV. You know, I know what Willie's about. I know he's the winner. And, you know, Terry Sims, you know, a good Terry at, at Texas Southern, man. You know, he went to Bethune and, and doing well there. So, excitement is there, man. And I, and I love it because, again, it, it only going to make us look better, man, as a whole, you know, uh, you know, Coach uh, Charles and the commission are doing, they all doing such a great job of just getting the exposure out there. And again, once people start coming to these games and, and seeing these guys, these kids perform at a high level, you know, uh, I mean, it, it only can get better, in my in my opinion, you know, from, from, from this point on. It only can get better, you know, for the, for the SWAT. So I know for guys like us who've been around the swag for many, many years, we are super excited. Has that translated for the kids? Have they? Has it been noticeable that they really know that? Okay, now we are the big time league that we have, we've always wanted to be. You know, it, does you do? It, does it feel like the the guys have have felt the energy as well? Yeah, and, and I think a lot of the do that has to do with, you know, uh, these coaches going out and recruiting those type of guys, those type of bodies. I mean, those dudes that are going to come in and, you know, you know, and exude that type of energy, you know, excitement, you know, for the swag, you know. And, of course, you know, we went through all the Black Lives Matter things and, 
you know, guys, you know, kids transfer out out of the big schools, and you know, we're able to get some of these kids from the top D one schools, man, and come in and and help us win this way, and that that also helps as well. So again, you know, you have kids like that that not only not now, should I say that you know, see what this swag is about or the MEAC is about, you know, and hopefully we can get attract more of those, you know, type of kids, you know, for for the future. When you talk a little bit about your stint at Prairie View, of course, you, you talked about Coach Simmons, but the fourth year for Coach Eric Dooley, talk a little bit about him and what he's brought to the Panther program. Man, none but a winner, Coach. None but a winner. Again, I can't, can't say enough about him because I remember every year we used to play play Dooley, you know, Grambling. I'm like, you know, at the end of the game, you know, he and I used to talk about it, you know, like, dude, this is your time, when's your time, you know. And again, you know, knowing who he is and the championship that he has won, you know, you know, that was one of the reasons I'm so glad that he had kept me on. Because you know, again, we we've had our chances, but you know, again, just didn't cross that that barrier to to win it. But we definitely had our chances to win it, you know. And hopefully, this year will be that year where we where we where we jump that last hurdle man, and get to that finish line, you know, and make it to the uh, celebration bowl as well. You know, but he, again, you can't speak of you know good stuff about him because again, his record man shows you know, what he's about winning, you know, he's very intense about what he do, you know, very competitive, you know, I mean, we, we go at it just, just with the DBs and wide receivers every day, you know, and he, and he starts it off, so, and that, you know, that translates to those young men, you know, out there and want to compete, you know, and hopefully, again, they can have that same energy during game time. One of the difficult things about being an assistant coach is keeping and maintaining your position when there's a head coaching change. Most of the time when coaches come in, they bring in their own guys. What's been the key to you retaining a job at Prairie View over the last 10 years through a few different coaching changes? I mean, everybody knows me. I'm a guy that just kind of stay down, you know, under the radar, you know, and I just do my job, you know, and I think, you know, you doing that, you know, not, not causing any issues, uh, with top administrators, because again, you know, they, you know, and I, I say top administrator, I mean, AD, you know, so he has to make the, him and the assistant AD, they have to make that final decision along with the, uh, guy that they're bringing in. So, you know, saying all that, you know, of course, nowadays, um, you know, this has been going on for probably the last five to six, seven years, you know, if the AD likes you and you've been doing a really good job. They kind of ask that head coach to retain those guys that they can trust, you know, that players get along with. And, and again, that can help, you know, that university, you know, get to the next level. Also help that coach that's coming in because, again, now those guys that stayed there, they know the nucleus of the team and, and, and the players and, and it just kind of help that, that head coach, you know, navigate, you know, through his head coaching uh, career while he's here at that, you know, particular university. So, and I think that's what kind of helped me, again, just, you know, staying below the radar and, and, and just continue to do what I do to, to help not only the university, but also to help these young men get to, to the level that they are uh, capable of doing and want to get to. And the thing about it is you paid your dues for a long time. And, of course, I'm sure at some point you want to be a head coach. And But then you see guys yeah, you see guys like Eddie George and Dion come in, and they haven't paid their dues in the same way. Uh, what do you think about sort of the, the high-profile, flashy guys <laughs> coming in and really 
not necessarily paying their dues and get these opportunities that not just you, but a number of swag assistants deserve really before those guys, if you ask me. No, no doubt. I, I mean, I, I'll be a second to agree with you on that, man. You got so many great coaches in the swag, man, that deserve to be head coaches uh, in the swag right now. And, you know, and unfortunately, that's what the university sees. Again, the AD, president, whoever, uh, committee, whoever making those decisions, that's what that's what they see. You know, they make that decision. So, but at the same time, she said, you got, I mean, I've been here, you know, in the swag, started with TSU and, Jumped over the U of H and shoot and for a year and man, no, it was. I mean, I was like, I told guys all the time to shoot. Man, we got better, I had better athletes from some better athletes coaches at PSU than when I had at uh, U of H. You know, and we do work their butt off, man. They deserve to get that recognition, that chance. You know, if the opportunity presents itself. Now, difficult to coach playing in the league, and you know, and yeah, and they've done well. You know, doesn't mean that, you know, that it, it will translate to a, a good coaching opportunity for them because, again, they still got to come in and coach. And not saying that they can't, but I, I just keep reiterating there are a lot of good guys that have been in the swag, paid their dues, that deserve to, to move up to the next level. When you talk a, a little bit about the swag, what have you learned? Obviously, you played at the U at Miami, but what have you learned about the swag being in the swag for so many years? Well, I mean, the thing I've learned about it being here again, it's about swag, and I say swag meaning us, you know, now just going out and getting athletes that, again, that can compete uh, with the top FCS school. And I, I think one thing when I first got here, what I used to see and thought, you know, uh, at when we do recruiting is that we were just going out the kids just to get them on the team, okay? We were selling for the second and third tier kids rather than going after those first tier kids, those, those all American kids. And I, and I just tell guys all the time, I, say, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to them anyway. I mean, I get them, but I'm, you know, cause sometimes you'll go to a school and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just throw a school just say, well, I went to high tower. I'm not saying they did it, but I go to high tower and then that coach said, okay, you know, uh, what I ask, what's your list like that? And they give me the list and, and all of a sudden, you know, and I say, okay, he bring the kids in, you talk to them, they say, Where, where's the top kid? Where's the top, you know, star, four star? Well, you know, and sometimes they'll say, hey, coach, no, nah, well, you know, he, he's already talking with y'all, he's already there. Or just sometimes they want to bring him in there. And I'm like, coach, let me talk to the kid. You know, shoot, you never know. When he gets somewhere and, and not happy, you know, and now I build that relationship with him and, you know, he want to come on, come on back home. So, and that was that was the biggest difference that that I saw, you know, with the swag. They just wasn't going after those top guys as as we were uh, back then. But we were starting. To, I'm starting to see that more now, which is really good. And, I, and as I said earlier, I think that is exactly what's going to help this 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 uh, conference, you know, get to that level to where you know we we we're going to be, you know, going to be going to be going to be nice. It's going to be nice when they're going forward. So, you know, and I didn't necessarily intend to ask you this, but since we're on this, the game, the college football has changed so much with the, the name, image, likeness. Now guys can make some money. Uh, now you got a lot of the grad transfers and the, the portal. It's, it's so much more easier to transfer schools and, and just move around a lot more. What do you think of today's, the, the complexion of today's college football? 
I mean, I, I got mixed feelings about it, you know, because, of, you know, and I say that because, again, you just got to be careful, you know, with, with these young men today that it doesn't get out of control. Now, if we, if we got to deal with the environment where it's controlled, you know, with the money that coming in and the kids don't get a chance to, you know, just, just use all of it, then just go blow it. You know, set up a system, you know, uh, to where you know, that money may go somewhere to where they can't, you know, again, just have full control of it. I mean, I love it. But, again, if you just arbitrarily just giving it to them, you know, and they can do whatever they want, nah, I think I think it's set, setting up something really, really bad. But I, 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 I don't have a problem with, with that because, again, at the end of the day, these guys make it so much, so much money. Know, off these kids, and again, you know that that kid just may be his only opportunity to get money. Because again, not everybody, not all these kids, like we tell them, you know, as you know, one percent, two percent that makes it to the to the next level. So again, if it's, it's if it's controlled in a good good way, good environment, I mean, yeah, I'm, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm for it. I'm definitely for it. Because again, this it's a great opportunity for these young men to. Uh, know put their name out there plus is also teaching them how to deal with the public you know, you know depending on who they who they are representing you know you know and i think it should be kind of like nfl usually with the rookie coming out rookie synopsis uh and they should have that same deal you know going forward you know with these young men and women you know just teaching them how that this is what how to have how this should happen how it should go you know giving them some type of guidance you know so it they don't get until so it don't get out of hand money wise, you know, spending wise with these young men and women. Man, I, I think back to those teams you played on. How much money could y'all have made? And what would that, that have done to the team? Look, some <laughs> of them guys wouldn't even want to go pro. They probably would have been like, hey, I'll stay in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, think about uh, Irvin yeah, and yeah. Sapp and those guys. How much Ray Lewis, they would have made a gazillion dollars in college, man. That would have ruined the team. I mean, what would that have done to y'all's team back in the day? That would have been scary. Uh, yeah, that would have been scary. And, and again, that's why I say it, it's a good thing if, if, if it's controlled, you know what I'm saying? But, if, again, if you don't control it, it could be a very, very bad thing, man. Because, again, you know, now you just got kids out there just spending money crazy, you know. Now you got kids out there being represented by any and everybody, and then, they, you know, the, the no rules for, for it. You know what I'm saying? You, you're not going to get punished for it because, again, is 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 governed by the NCAA, so I'm like, yes, I say you gotta be careful with it if you're gonna do it. And like I said, I'm all for it, but it has to be in a in, in a controlled type environment. You know, let yeah. these young men and women know how to, how to spend money, know what they're looking for, know how to interview uh, uh, with themselves, and again, I, I think they'll be okay. That's so almost like an ad- yeah, that's almost like an so, added responsibility yeah. for you guys as coaches to kind of. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, to teach these guys something even more than what you already teach them about life and about football. Oh, no doubt. Because again, you, you know, you know, money. You know, again, money is all. But money gonna make you do some good things or some bad things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it depends on who you are and, and what you've been taught. You know about money and what and what to do with money. Yeah, like I said, you can make the bad decision. And you can make some good decisions. Again, now it's up to us or university or whoever it may be to teach these young men and women, you know, how to handle that. 
wanted to ask you about uh, going back on the field when you talk about spring football and having that spring season. How weird has this calendar year been? How weird has 2021 been having already played uh, three games and, and really would have been more games had they not been canceled? Uh, what has this year been like because you're recruiting? Everything has been thrown off. How weird has it been for you guys? Yeah, that's that so weird. I mean, I, someday you know we're going or coming. You know that old saying. <laughs> hey, it, it, it was really weird, but again, just to just to get them playing, you know, um, and doing something. I, I thought to me, you know, I, that, that's why I was kind of for the spring, you know, getting out there and just letting them uh, participate as much game as many games as we can. You know, not and not being affected by the COVID deal. You know, it was very weird, though, because, again, you know, and a lot of times, you know, and I think the biggest issue was, especially with us, you know, we, the big boys don't have that problem recruiting because, they, you know, they, they know they even say something about, hey, I'm going to get a Devin Wade, boom, you know, that mind, their mind, Max, okay, LSU, Miami, et cetera, they're coming after them. But, of course, it would be much different, you know, again, with us, you know, going out recruiting. And a lot of times, you know, we, again, we don't, have that huge, huge budget, you know, like these young, like these top schools can do to go out and recruit. But it was, it was crazy, man, because now it's like, oh, we're playing, now we're still recruiting at the same time. We're playing, getting game plan for the week, but we're still recruiting at the same time. It was, it was like a nonstop type uh, process the whole spring. What did you learn about your guys? What did you learn about your, your DBs? What did you learn about uh, that Panther defense uh, in those three games that you did play in the spring? Man, we, we got some dudes. We got some fast dudes, man. You know, our deal was, again, just trying to, you know, develop young men to uh, have, you know, definitely have, you know, two and three deep, you know, because I tell kids all the time that when the opportunity presents itself and, and I'm able to just kind of talk. And, again, I, I, don't, I talk about Miami because, again, that, that's what I know. That's where I play. And, and I guess young, those guys, man, again, that was second and third that could easily have been first guy out there. And, you know, I tell my guys, they do. You got to be ready, man. You got to be ready to go. So that's what we were trying to develop. See, you know, are we going to be able to have that second and third guy that can come in and step it up? You know, if that first guy go, if that first you know, that first guy go down, and then we get in, and don't miss a beat. That was that was our biggest uh, thing going into the spring this year. You know, and we have to do step it up. We have to do step it up, but we had some injuries as well. Well, you had Texas Southern nip at your heels. You just squeaked by with a victory over the Tigers, and now you got to face them again Labor Day weekend. The Labor Day Classic is back. The excitement, I mean, it's electric around the city of Houston with all the attention on the swag and all that's going on. How excited are you for this matchup for the Labor Day Classic? I love it, man. I love it. Again, again, just to get back to some type of normalcy is electrifying. You know, I hope the fans come out there, man, you know, and, and support both sides, you know, because, again, you guys haven't been out there, so y'all need to go out there and support us both, you know, whichever team you, you like, you know, let's get out there and support because you're going to get a show. I don't care what kind of talent you got. You know, one thing I have learned in the uh, flat, especially with these two teams, yeah, it don't matter because at the end of the day, you know, it's the best team you're going to win. You think you're going to go out there and blow them away, then next thing you know, you're winning by, you know, a, a, a touchdown or a field goal. You know, you can be up at halftime by 20, and next thing you know, 
you, you're doing it in overtime. Again, if these two teams play each other and the rival team, you know, you got to throw that throw that, that talent out the window, man, and really who wants it the best, the baddest. And that's the team that's going to win. Well, obviously, you guys had a couple different rivals when you were at Miami, Notre Dame, yeah. and then, of course, Florida, Florida. State. Well, I, you, what, yeah. what, would you say, I think nationally, it was the Florida, for us, It just the perception was it was the, the Florida State-Miami matchup and then Notre Dame-Miami. Mm-hmm. How big was the Florida-Miami uh, matchup every year? Florida, that was, it was huge. It was huge. I mean, I, I was I was good to see him back on the schedule after, you know, so many years off the schedule. And I think, you know, for Miami and for Florida, just for the state of Florida, you know, those teams got to play each other. So, again, they, they you know, one of them has to see the ACC. So, it, it means, dude, to play each other within that state. You know, now you got the young bucks coming. I say young bucks because they're, you know, they're not quite there yet. But you got UCF, you got South Florida, you know, who, who are recruiting and putting good players in position, you know, and to uh, compete with these top three schools in, in Florida. So, but again, those, those three rivals there, man, that should be every year. Well, you know, now that the swag is in Florida, I'm sure that opens up some things where maybe you would venture in and uh, you would not only Prairie View, but Texas Southern and, and Jackson State and all of these schools have an opportunity, I think, maybe uh, an increased opportunity to get guys. Do you think having Bethune, Cookman, and FAMU in the conference will really uh, boost recruiting uh, by the swag in the state of Florida? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you got to. I mean, you, you got to do California, Texas, and Florida. You can, you know, in, you know some of Georgia and Alabama. As well, you know, it's going to open up big time. I guarantee you that. You know, now it's going to, you know, who can go out, be that top recruiter, you know, and bring these bring these kids kids in to their program and help them win. Well, like I said, it's a big week for you. I know you're extremely excited. Before I let you go, on a different note, of course, you're a Houston Oiler alum, and I know that they're doing something huge for you guys in Tennessee. Obviously, you probably won't be able to attend. What are your thoughts on uh, on really the recognition of the Houston Oilers by the Tennessee Titans organization, which essentially is the same organization? What do you think about uh, that reunion and all of those things playing for your former teammates? I think it's really good, man. Just just for them to even think about doing it. Uh, I, I mean, then also just to bring the uh, players together, you know, former players together, man, meet one another, see one another again. Should I say not meet, but see one another. Because a lot of times, you know, unfortunately, we don't get a chance to see each other until something like this happens, you know? Right. I love it. Well, that's wonderful. Hey, man, well, you know, we root for you all the time. I look forward to the day when uh, you'll be calling the shots and you'll you'll be the head guy at one of these lucky universities, whoever's lucky enough to hire you. Uh, we always are rooting for you, except on Labor Day Saturday. <laughs> Other than that, we're rooting for you all the way, man. I'm still appreciate it, my brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> For more content, go to WaveWordProductions.com. I want to thank Bubba McDowell, one of the good guys. And when I was just a fledgling reporter in the locker room, he was one of the guys, he and Dishman and Haywood and Curtis Duncan, most of the guys were pretty good. I was a little intimidated to talk to guys like uh, Wilbur Marshall, Ray Childress was a little 
a little surly. You didn't, you know, you didn't say too much to him. And then, of course, if you wanted something warm, you had to kind of go through a more formal channels. But uh, those guys were always good. And Bubba was one of the best really, really early in my career. With that, going to wrap it up. But before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank Eddie, want to thank Bubba, want to thank you guys, want to thank DJ Anarchy, want to thank our sponsors, Cobank Homes and Brighter Brains. want to remind you, give us a call with your predictions at 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Also, on Twitter at Wade's Word and Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook and Libera Pay. So a lot coming up. I'm excited. I hope you are excited. Remember all of those things, but also remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. (laughs) This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.